Well, speaking, speaking of fail, failure and adjustments, I've been just dying to get your opinion on the latest Astros scandal. Uh, what are your thoughts on how everything's kind of, how the, the actual scandal itself, the, how the commissioners dealt with it, uh, anything? What, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, you know, like, we're just gonna we just call a spade a spade. You know, I don't know how de- I don't know how deep it goes. I don't know if they had sensors. I don't know if they had any of those. Mm-hmm. I don't know, mm-hmm. but I do know that they stole signs. I do know they used a trash can banging system, and if you know, if anybody out there had true media, if anybody out there had the ability to go and the time to go on MLB.com and watch all of my at bats. I'll tell you right now, I would not have been a 265 hitter <laughs> in the big leagues if I knew what pitch was coming every single time. I'll right. tell you that right now. Yeah. Because my hand-eye is too good, my bat-to-ball skills are too good, my understanding of staying inside the ball is too good. But guess what? If I knew everything that was coming, all the the mastering that you have to do with your own mind, all the adjustments that you're trying to make with the best ability that you can to stay on the slider away, to have the ability to use the whole field, to work tirelessly on those things, you add those into the equation, now I'm a 265 hitter in the big leagues because that was the best that I could do. Mm -hmm. But if you gave me all those things, I would be 10 times better, just like if I was able to take steroids, I'd be 10 times better. There's things that do aid in the performance if you if you don't decide to do it the right way, and I don't know what the punishment should have been for them, because it's never happened before. We'd have pe- we had people throw a World Series, which I mean that's terrible. Yeah. But is it as bad as cheating? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, how can you how can you <laughs> you know if there was a way that I don't know. You can't. You can't compare it to anything. Well, somebody, how do you compare it to football? How do you compare it to football? Yes. Yeah, so maybe somebody, there was. Maybe there was a, a rule in the NFL that during primetime games, or the defense made a predetermined snap that you know we're going to try to tackle, but we're not. Or the NBA, you know, we're going to shoot as many baskets as we can and try to miss it. Well, you still mess around and make it. Yeah, yeah, you know there was no. There was when they when the White Sox threw the World Series and were banned. They were just trying to lose, and they were really good at losing. Mm-hmm. That's just all they mastered was losing, and then they got paid for how good they were for losing. Right, that was right, it. right. Like these guys cheated, knew what pitches were coming, put up ridiculous numbers in a park that's already a ridiculous park, that's a launch pad, and all they did was get paid for being really good at something that all of us thought they were just really good at. So in 17, when I was in Houston playing against them, and and when I was a member of the Indians, and I'm watching Altuve, and I'm just studying him, trying to, how can I apply some of the things that he does to my game? How can I apply some of the things that Bregman does to my game? How can I apply some of the things that George Springer does to my game? How can I apply some of the things that Carlos Correa does to my game? I mean, can I go, can the list go on and on, Josh Reddick? You know, can I go and think of how many 
things, how many things I could do better and apply to my game. That's all I was thinking about. But now you tell me that that year they were stealing signs? Well, those three years <laughs> since 2017, you know? Yeah, well, yeah. <clears throat> well, I, the allegation. Yeah, I mean, I, did, I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I didn't play against them in 18. And, you know, I didn't get, I was, I got sent to double A in 18 and then was in Indy Bowl in 19. And then now here I am. Mm -hmm. But 17, I sat foot and center and battled my own mind of, gosh. What am I doing so wrong that's not as good as Bregman and Altuve? I came up with Springer, and I thought he was always a great player. Mm -hmm. So he already had natural ability. And then now, all of a sudden, when you know what's coming, it, what, what am I <laughs> supposed to say? What You know what I mean? I don't want to ostracize them. Like, yeah, we're not perfect. Yeah, we make mistakes. Yeah. But, I mean, come on. Well, somebody on Twitter, uh, when this whole thing broke, just said that some coach or whatever was like, you know, if I had the choice to pitch to a guy that was roided out of his mind or a guy that knew it was coming, I'd pick to the I'd pitch to the guy that's roided out of his mind. Hundred <laughs> percent. He's got to find it. Yeah, the ro the guy roided out of his mind still has to find a way to have an approach. Yeah, right. You know, uh -huh. I don't need to have an approach if I know it's coming. <laughs> if if one bang means slider and I hear a bang, I know. Stay the right center. Right. right. <laughs> Stay the right center. Stay the right center. Stay the right center. Here it comes. It's going to be a slider. I know what a slider looks like because mm. I hit off it all the time on a pitching machine. Yeah. So I know what that looks like, but this is easy. I just got to wait for it to pop out. Right. <laughs> I know a fastball is coming. Stay through the middle. Stay wow. through the middle. If it's 98, get the head out. You know? what, how, what? Many times, how many times you hook a ball at weak contact when you know a fastball is coming? Right. Right. Just fact of the matter. What What was crazy is is just even though it all came out and the commissioner they came to their own after the investigation, however that was, came to the conclusion that nothing you know that nothing was used or whatever, uh, but that the guys just came right out, Altuve and Bregman, with the same pompous confidence, was, saying we're going to do it again. Watch us, we're going to win it again. <laughs> <laughs> they're not going to win. Okay. Okay, no, no. Well, they're okay, not going to no, play no. this year. I mean, they look yeah, like they're they, not going to. They got yeah, off the hook this year. They did. They you did. Know. Maybe it's probably the best thing that happened to baseball. The Astros yeah. didn't have to go through a full schedule. The guys didn't have to get hit by pitches. Drama. Yada, yeah, yada, yada. Major yeah. drama. It would have yeah. been major drama. I mean, hopefully we still get to see some of it because that would mean sports could come back and our economy can come back and it's better better for the American people. Yeah. You know, not sports. I mean, sports aren't better for the American people. Just. In general, yeah, a full, a full Everything functional economy, yeah, yeah, a fully functional economy with maybe this whole process teaches that we need to be better to one another, and then we move forward with a better economy, treating each other better, mm -hmm. you know, not not capitalizing on each other, making our own stuff, than, making our own medicine, yeah. making our own, you know, yeah, exactly, just moving moving along on the right on the right direction, just like we're trying to keep our body in the right direction when we're trying to hit. You know, it's right. all relational. Yeah. It's all relational. Yeah, all adjustments, whether it's personal life or, you know, my my one of my questions before we were going to call was how, how are you working with, as as your, as your an educator, working with your players uh, with this whole thing? Because none of us, I mean, you never dealt with this. I never dealt with no, this. I don't I mean, think anybody. You... I think this is something, yeah, this is something that we're going to remember for the rest of our lives. Yep. You know, I think our, our grandparents, our grandparents' parents that dealt with the depression. Yeah. The, the real one, and maybe the prohibition, mm -hmm. you know, those are all things that we never experienced. So I think this is something where we're just trying to be a little, if we could just create a few more positive thoughts, 
Because if you were playing, how would you deal with it? If you were still playing, I would be so. I would. <laughs> I would be so mad. I think this is the greatest thing. Not to be selfish, but yeah. what a great way to tell me that I think my baseball career is over. Mm. Like, hey, I think I'm going to play for one more year, and then this year happens. Like, yeah. ah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I think. I think this this mountain might be too tough for me to climb. Too tough for me to climb. But. Yeah. There's, I don't, you know, if we can just create one, one more positive, one more positive light for our kids uh, to be able to draw on this dark time. Because like I said before, the one thing I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to cover up, I'm not trying to exploit the elephant in the room or ignore the elephant in the room, sort of say, is these kids feel terrible. Mm -hmm. Every single time there's a game on the schedule. If it's a Sunday afternoon and we're supposed to be playing Arizona State or we're supposed to be going to Cal, it's going to be a reminder. We're supposed to be getting on a plane. Yeah. We're supposed to be practicing. They should be having live at-bats right now. You cannot ignore those feelings and you cannot ignore those thoughts. And when you try to ignore those thoughts is when it becomes more and more difficult to learn and it becomes more and more difficult to accept failure because you constantly push it under the rug. You push it to the side. And if you keep pushing it to the side and pushing it to the side and not addressing those feelings, not when, you know, I should be playing a game today. You are absolutely right. I should. Mm -hmm. But this happened, and this is why I can't do it, and I wouldn't be any more or any less prepared for it if I didn't have it. If you address those feelings, then they pass. Right. They pass. You address them, you're positive with them, they pass. If you ignore them and try to convince them that you don't care, they don't pass. Right. They linger. They linger. And then the more you then the more that lingers, the bigger it gets, the bigger it gets. And that's why you have breakdowns. That's why you have explosions. That's why guys blow up with their helmet or throw their helmet or scream curse words. Mm -hmm. Because they keep acting like they don't care and then that care becomes too much to bear, and then it comes out in a rage. Right. And then, it, and then, how do you give? How do you come back from a rage? Right. So, right. Right. So it's all. I, I think it all encompasses the best thing I could describe. And you know, when you when you know, God bless your your listeners if they're listening to this entire thing. I think they could take great stuff from it. But if they were, if I were to give anything, I would say go watch the documentary Free Solo. Mm. where the guy climbs Yosemite with free. Yeah, you know? I heard about and it. He, he free climbs it, and the way that he climbs, he climbs it like 50-something times or something while he's strapped in. Mm -hmm. He memorizes every, every part of that mountain. Or, sorry, every part of that right. rock ascent. right. The exact area that he's going to take, the exact route he's going to take, he's going to memorize every single bit of that place, of the formation, before he climbs it without anything. One slip, one fall, he's dead. Right. And people have climbed it, and it's taken seven days. People have climbed it, and it's taken a week, months. And he climbs that thing, and... Three hours and fifty something minutes. That's crazy. He climbed it. He climbed that mountain faster than I can 
drive from Corvallis to Seattle to see my wife. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and to think of it that way, if we can just get our kids to understand with, with one-tenth of the ability or to learn with one-tenth of the ability that that documentary shows, just, just if you can take that example, it's not... You know, I don't think that's too crazy. I don't think that's too farce. I don't think it's too far-fetched for people to understand that if they could just know how strong focus is mm -hmm. and what focus is and what commitment is and what these things are, you can be, you can deal with all those things. Yeah, I think that's a great example and probably one, I mean, imagine the study and the research uh, as if your life depended on it to do that. I mean, like you said, yeah. it's, it's either you succeed or you die. I mean, it's you have yeah. to, uh, with almost reckless abandonment, study and yeah. research before you attempt to do something like that. And to me, what you're talking about with Mike Trout and Miggy, it seems like not only are they inspired to do and be on the field and, and present, uh, but they study and and research with that kind of same as if their life depended on it. Yes, exactly. Like when uh, a couple years ago, when Trout's biggest hole was up at his leg. Mm -hmm. And that's where he swung and missed. Like that's where he swung and missed a majority of his time was up there. Like that's how you get Mike Trout out, right? right. That's how you're supposed to get him out. Well, to all of us, it you know, some of the time would be, gosh dang it, how do I... How do I hit this pitch? How do I do this? This is going to be the death of me. Mike said, this is a necessary adjustment that I need to make. Here goes the journey. Like, that's, that's, how, that's how he attacked it. Mm -hmm. Not in that specific way, but that's how I articulated it. Mm -hmm. That's how I viewed it was, he did, you know, maybe in his one-on-one -on -one sessions, you know, you don't get to see Mike in the cage. You don't get to, there's not a lot of video of Mike going about his work and about his business and how he trains. Right. He's not out there like that. That's just the type of guy he was, or the type, type of guy he is. Mm -hmm. But, you know, being a guy who I, I think that's where making sure that I don't, um, that I remember how hard the game is and how lucky I was to play with the people that I played with. I played with, you know, probably... Ten guys that might be in the Hall of Fame someday. Yeah. And so watching Mike go about his business every single day, that would be that that's the way that I perceived it was. Let me put my beanie on. Hold on real quick. Just got to put my beanie on. Sure. And I won't keep you too much longer. This is kind of. No, no, I'm good. I'm just going to take the dog for a walk, so i got even more time. <laughs> Come on, buddy. My, my little man, Rookie. Yeah. i got to get it in before it starts raining. Up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we got some rain coming today. Yeah. But that's, that's, that's how I viewed it. He needed to make an adjustment, and so when Mike went into the cage and started working on the high pitch, that's how he viewed it. I either have to do this or I'm not going to be in the big leagues anymore. I'm not going to be a big leaguer anymore because I'm not going to be good enough to play because they're always going to get me out. So if this is how, I'm, if this is how I get out, then I'm going to make an adjustment. And that, that's what adjustment means. Adjustment, 
isn't to, it doesn't need to be this scary thing. You know, like we do talk about possibly being life or death. That's where I think, in my opinion, as an educator, why everybody needs to learn. Everybody needs to encompassing needs to encompass what it means to learn. Because now, how is how do I how do I develop that sort of information to the player without making him feel like it is life or death? Right. Because even even those guys that get into flow, all the X Games, all the books on flow that I read, the Superman. Um, all the documentaries that I've watched about guys launching themselves over 100-foot half pipes and jumping over cars and climbing mountains with no with no uh, harnesses, those people don't do that because they're hopped up about staring death in the face. <laughs> yeah, They're so in love with riding a bike and jumping over things and climbing rocks they're so in love with that that if if you said the ultimate baseball joy is hitting a higher mile hour fastball or throwing a perfect game, okay, then I'm going to work as hard as I can to achieve that. Right. That's what that's what the free solo guy. That's what he hears. Yep. Oh, you 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 say the greatest the greatest climbers ever? They don't climb with they don't climb with harnesses. Uh-huh. Well, I want to be considered one of the greatest ever. So let me do. Let me learn how to do this whole no harness thing. Oh, this is the mountain that they say is the hardest to climb with no harness. Okay, well this will make me one of the best to ever do it. Let me practice this thing. Right. They don't. They don't. It's not life and death to them. So as an educator and as a coach, how do I help my player understand that failure? is not life or death, but how can I teach you to value failure as if it was? Right. That's a great question. How, how can I subconsciously teach you that? And how do you do that? I don't know. You don't know. Mm-hmm. Nobody has the right answer, mm-hmm. but we all experiment. Right. And you have to, and how you do that is the constant understanding of how hard this game is. It is a, it is a foolproof plan. Hey, nice job, man. The guy threw a great curveball, got you out. Tough tickets. Hang with him. Stupid game. Yeah. You know, hey, good swing. Good swing. Game's tough. Round ball. You know the one yeah. thing that Johnny Gomes used to always tell me, and it drove me nuts for the first probably month. So if he ever listens to this, <laughs> you know, he's a good buddy of mine. It drove me psycho. I'd get a little big or something and miss something, and he'd be like, oh, round bat, round ball, stupid game, right? <laughs> And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, that's all you think? No. I got to be better. I got to do this. I got to do that. And but little did I know that his ability to move on to the next pitch was so much faster than mine. <laughs> so much faster. Right. And that's why he was, you know, that's why he did it longer than I did. Yeah. Because the way his mind worked. And that's how all their minds work. Interesting. Well, with that with that tidbit, I want to I leave on that one. Uh, what I'll probably do Daniel, I appreciate your, your time, man, and we'll, we'll do more of these. I'm going to split this yeah. one into segments because I'm trying to keep them to about 20 to 30 minutes so that uh-huh. people can kind of, whether they listen to it, I'll have the audio, and I'll give all this to you too so you can do with it whatever yeah. you want, the audio, and I'll transcribe it and stuff and get that to you. Um, but I'll, I'll probably split it into three and then use it for like the next few. I'm um, doing like a Swing Smarter newsletter monthly thing where I showcase a, an, 
an expert interview or two. Um, I talked with Taylor Gardner about the backspin tee um, mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. So I'll probably yeah. He sent me. He sent me a backspin tee too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're good yeah. dudes, man. They're awesome. But no, no. You said that you talked to him, and I think you got that. Well, I just introed. I introed you, and then I think I connected you guys, and then they sent it. Yeah, over. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, they're they're, no, they're great. They're great people. I'm a big. When you when you are a player, you're trying to figure yourself out. You're trying to figure out what you do well. You lean on other people uh, to tell you what you're good at, so you stick with it. But as a coach and as an educator, I have my core beliefs, and I believe in them so strong. So I'm very, very excited to, to move on to this next venture and just see how many kids I can watch in the big leagues. That's really really all I care about. Right, and they're, and they're lucky to have you, man. I couldn't think of a better, better dude to, to help guide those guys. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But you had a hand in it too, man. So yeah, well, it's going to no one. Well, we're we're bouncing off, like you said, spitballing, bouncing off each other. I'm learning every time I talk to you because I don't. Again, I didn't get that experience that you did. I didn't go as far, so I'm yeah. I have to learn kind of from that side. So when I do talk to you know big leaguer pro guy, I can I can talk from an area of of uh, somewhat confidence. You know, when I talk to guys like you that helped to help to um, help me to navigate the waters. Absolutely, man. Iron, iron sharpens iron. You know that. Oh, you got it. All right, brother. Well, you guys stay safe right, out there. Uh, you too, and I'll talk to you soon for sure. You got it. All right, Daniel. All right, brother. Bye, buddy. Later. Bye.